It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, we're going to have Steve Jordan, former Vikings tight end. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about this Saints-Vikings rivalry. I mean, is it really a rivalry? What do the Saints players think about it? Steve Jordan can let us know because his son Cam Jordan is an insider. I mean, he's on the team. So stick around, and we'll let you know about that. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, as I said, we're going to have Steve Jordan, former Vikings tight end. We're also going to talk a little bit quick. We're going to have a quick conversation about the Vikings offensive line, but before we do that, as we bring Sam Ekstrom in, we have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net, Ron. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Reviews and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and golf. They've also got live in-game betting content, scores, and podcasts. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Sam, quickly before we get to Steve Jordan, uh, over the weekend, and, and, and I've seen this tweet a bunch, Christian Derisaw is the same as Trent Williams or ha- can be. For me, I'm a little bit annoyed. This is why. I feel like we're putting too much pressure out there because in the past, coaches could do press conferences and we would never hear it. Like Brian Billick, I don't know how many press conferences he's done. Uh, Glenn Mason, I don't know how many press conferences. I've never heard a word either of my coaches said as far as like me going onto the TV and watching the presser or reading the paper. Now, every once in a while, if it was something good, I would get like a clipping from somebody like, hey, man, look what coach said about you in the last game or whatever. Um, other than that, I didn't see it. Now, all these coaches' comments are on the World Wide Web. They're on our phones. They're on the Twitter sphere. They're on the Instagram. They're on all these play, as Mike Zimmer would say, the book face. They're everywhere. So for a guy like Christian Derisaw to see it, <laughs> two things. Either it's going to motivate him to be like, man, yeah, okay, I'm playing well. Or it's going to add that pressure, not just to him, but to those guys going up against him now. Like, wait, what? You think he's Trent Williams? All right, I'm going to show you. Um, Because you know there's old vets. Like, I see Warren Sapp all the time uh, getting upset about Aaron Donald, about people saying he's the greatest in the world. And 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 I don't know if it's if, if Warren Sapp's just bitter. I don't know what's going on, but he makes it a, 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 his job sometimes to post Aaron Donald clips and then show, like, look at 99. I don't see nothing happening here. I don't see, like, look at that. He took a playoff there. Because Warren Sapp wants people to know, hey, I'm the best 99 ever. Not this kid, Aaron Donald. And so I don't know if that's the problem. I don't know if people keep saying he's the best ever. And Warren Sapp's like, nah, he ain't the best ever. Like, he don't, he don't play every play. Look at this. He he splashes, but he ain't playing every play. That's what we don't need from Chris and Derrissaw. We don't need players Digging into that, and then every playoff suddenly, ah, nah, he ain't Trent Williams. Look at this. Look at this. Come look at this, man. Come look at this. Like, that's that's what I don't want to happen. And so that's the only reason I'd say dial it back a little bit. Unless they're just mentally trying to build him up to get ready for the season, but dial it back and let's, let's let this guy go. And, and and also, could be, and I'll give it to you, Sam, maybe it's tr- they're trying to take the, 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 the pressure off of, you know, Ed Ingram 
and some of these other offensive linemen because we haven't talked much about the guards. Maybe the Darisaw conversation is to make the, the rest of the offensive line feel like, hey, we got a, we got a pro bowl, per, perennial possible pro bowler left tackle. We just need you guys to play well and this offense can go. But that's just me. I, I just think I, I wish I hope we dial it back a little bit and let's get in week one before we start putting this guy, you know, putting the crown on him at tackle. That's that's just where I stand. Yeah, and that's media training 101 with like the PR staff. They tell these guys don't make comparisons because on like typically it usually ends badly. And then the websites that weren't there, they see that little drop quote and they pull it and that becomes a story. And I can't remember yep. if it was Wes Phillips or if it was KOC. They said, I'm not saying he's Trent Williams, guys, but he has qualities that are similar to Trent. Like they were trying to be very careful about how they said it and mm -hmm. it still got pulled and, and now it is a story. I mean, I yep. think he's looked good. I think it's encouraging, but Trent Williams is a different. I mean, that's a different story. That's Hall of Fame. And uh, Christian Derrissaw is just trying to be a quality starter for 17 games. So I think you're right, Ron. Let's, let's reel it in a little bit. Pump the brakes. Well, it's Vikings training camp. It's Vikings. The season's around the corner. Like this week is football week now. Sunday I wake up and I get to do Vikings game day live. For an actual, not wake up, it's an afternoon, but for an actual game in the afternoon. I get to wake up and have breakfast, and then I got to sit around and bite my fingernails until about 2 o'clock. But then we get to do uh, Vikings game day live. Coming up next, we're going to have Steve Jordan join us, former Vikings tight end, because he has a lot to say about this upcoming season, as well as the Lions. I mean, what does he think about the Lions? Because Dan Campbell, former coach, or sorry, former player coach, is also a tight end, so him and Steve have that in common. See what Steve have to say about that as well. Here we go. Steve, man, thanks for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, just jumping into this, man. You've been all over the world. I've been texting you. We've been going back and forth. Uh, what, what have your travels been like this summer? Yeah, you know, I'm really fortunate and blessed to, um, you know, get around a little bit. My uh, son-in-law is uh, Kasim Edabali, who is a former uh, NFL player. He's an edge rusher. Uh, he actually uh, is German. And he's born and raised in Hamburg, Germany. And so he and my daughter uh, have now lived in Germany the last couple of years, uh, just just for part of the year, though. You know, they're in, the, um, in Europe called ELF. And so it's been there for two seasons. This is their second season. And my son-in-law, Kasim, is playing over there. So I get a chance to go over there and hang out with them for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, in the summer, you know, maybe a little bit more. And... And then, uh, you know, and then, and then uh, get a chance to do some some traveling that way. We stopped off. I picked up my daughter and the, and the two grandchildren, brought them back because they got to go to school. And uh, we hung out in London for a couple of days on the way back. And and, uh, and then I got back Friday night and then I took off. And then uh, Saturday morning, I'm here in New Orleans now, uh, hanging out with my uh, uh, son, Cam, and his family because I had another grandchild that uh, had a birthday party. So... Uh, Glory turns six this weekend, or actually, is technically, is tomorrow. But the party was this weekend, so that's my. That's so my you have a daughter, day. is what I'm what I'm getting from this. You have a daughter. Yes. So your yeah. daughter and, and so, married a professional uh -huh. football player. <laughs> how how yes. was that like courting? Like how was that? How was that? It was it was really odd to be honest because uh, Kasim. Even though he's from Germany, he actually uh, is an interesting story because, you know, he ended up um, getting recruited to play a PG uh, or at a postgraduate, what we call it, at a prep school. 
coaches are now going over to Europe quite a bit to, you know, pick up talent. And whether it's, you know, track or basketball is probably the biggest uh, impetus, but, but they're also picking up football players. And, and I'm surprised at how much the NFL and American football has taken a grip in, uh, in, in Europe. And I mean, the folks are really, really hyped about it. Uh, and so, uh, you know, when, when and so Kasim ended up going to Boston College after he went to this PG year in New Hampshire at some prep school in New Hampshire. And he blew up that one year and he got offers from UConn and BU and BC and others. And he ended up going to BC, Boston College. Uh, smart guy, you know, he's um, obviously multilingual. He speaks fluent German and, and English. And so anyway, he ends up uh, going to the combine, but he does not get drafted. So he comes to the Saints as a um, you know, edge rusher and a free agent. And then, so he's in Cam's uh, room because, you know, he's an edge rusher. And so he's in in his group uh. meetings and all that. And, and we, we tend to be very, we're very inclusive in our, in our uh, family. And in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, when my, when my children have all gone to play sports in different places, you know, all their teammates are all invited to our house, you know, and, and everybody stays, you know, and, and we, we're just, we're like that. It's like family with the Jordans. And so uh, Kasim was like family. And interestingly, he would come to Phoenix on occasion to train in the summer because his best friend uh, was one of his teammates from BC, which was Afani Momo. Afani Momo, if you recall, was a tight end at the Arizona Cardinals. And so when he would come to town, he would be like, hey, you know, Mr. Mr. Jordan, if you're if you're around, I'll stop by. And it's like, hey, Kasim, come on by, man. You know, so he just hung out with us. My kids are all about the same age. They're all the same age, you know, uh, and so relatively speaking. And, and, and so they hung out. And and then it, at one time he came, you know, after a couple, two, three years, he said, hey, because uh, he hung out with the family a lot. And, and he said, hey, uh, Mr. Jordan, do you mind if uh, Stephanie and I go out on a date, my daughter? And I said, I said, ooh, Kasim, that's kind of weird, man. You know, I mean, like you're in the family, bro. You know, you're like, you're like, you know, you're like part of the family. You come to town, you come over, you hang out, you eat, you whatever, you know, house is yours, you know. And I said, I said, that's like dating your baby sister, you know, kind of thing. It was just kind of weird. And so he's like, man, no, I get that. But um, but no, we're vibing and uh, there's something there. You know, I said, well, I got to tell you, man, you know, two things. One is is, uh, you know, you got to talk to Cam about that because he doesn't let anybody date his baby sister. That, that goes way back to, co- to high school even, you know. And, uh, and I said, the other piece of it is that if it doesn't work out and it gets uncomfortable for Stephanie, and I said, then you're out of the circle of trust, man. <laughs> you know, you're out, of, you're out of the family circle. So he said, no, I, I get that. And, uh, and, and I, but I, I think there's something there. And so I said, all right, bro. And so, so they end up dating he talked to cam cam was like yo man that's kind of weird too but it is what it is (laughs) and so they 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 gave it a shot you know and i'm 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 thrilled to say you know a year plus later uh you know they got engaged and then they and they ended up getting married and and uh you know they've got uh they got a family and and all that and it's awesome he is an awesome guy uh you know and, and and it's a real wonderful story but but it was it was weird for a while, you know, and, and particularly for Cam because you know how it is in locker rooms, right? It's like, yo, right. man, oh, yeah. your 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 boy is dating your baby sister, you know, and you know how that goes. And so, right, it was it was awkward for a while, but but again, great news, <laughs> it all worked out. You know, they're married, they got a family, they're moving on, and life is good. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, that that could get that locker room that could get a little tough, but yeah, you know, I I feel him though. Like that's the thing, if he saw what he wanted. And you told him, yeah. I mean, he was willing to risk it all. He risked the entire family 
for his wife. So, you know, hats off to him for making that choice because some some guys wouldn't have done that. They'd have been like, oh, man, he's, this is my friend. This is my family. Like, this is – hey, he's like, I'm going to risk it all. But uh, as we – you know, you talked right. about your son. I heard you bring up some 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 training camp locker – or uh, locker room and training camp and roommate stories. So going back to training camp when Steve Jordan – uh was was in the nfl what were some some good or what was one good like memory that you have or friend you made throughout training camp being with the vikings and then and or in the nfl yeah you know i mean um training camp you know there's so many stories as you as you know so uh but but what i will say is that you know i think training camp uh for me was was an opportunity to get to know some new people and and i remember uh i ended up uh, room uh, partnering in terms of roommate with uh, Darren Nelson. And Darren was our first round draft choice, you know, my rookie year. I was a seventh rounder out of 12. And uh, he put us together and presumably because he's a Stanford guy and I'm a Brown guy and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, and we ended up rooming together for, you know, 10 years, you know, when he was uh, before, you know, when he left the Vikings he, and when he came back. And um, and we're still boys today. You know, in fact, we just we, we did a couple trips recently and and that kind of thing. So there are some lifelong uh, relationships that develop and it started in that first training camp. And, you know, Darren was, you know, again, as a number one, you know, he was all of that. And, 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 and he was he was. And then, you know, here I am, this guy out of a you know small ivy and you know, who nobody knew. And and yet we uh, we hit it off. And, and it, like I said, have been besties, you know, for quite some time. Um, you know, I also look back at training camp and and think about just this a number of guys that, that you get to play with and, and uh, you know, guys that I looked up to and admired coming, you know, in the into the pros like a, you know, an Ahmad Rashad, you know, Ahmad Rashad's last year was my first year. And um, and then and then just some of the, the, the coaching that that you'll get, um, you know, Les Steckel was was, uh, you know, that was back in the day when I'm really dating myself now we didn't even have a tight end coach. You know, it was like you, the tight ends went with the receiver coach for a while. And then you went to the, the O-line coach for a while. And, you know, that actually had a couple inherent, you know, benefits to it because, you know, it was just like your parents, right? Oh, go to your mom, go to your dad. And then you hang out in the meantime and each one of them thinks they're at the other one and you just hang it out, you know, kind of thing. So it was, it was, uh, it was interesting, man. But like I say, training camp gave me opportunities to, get to know a lot of people, get to learn from a lot of people and, um, uh, and also to test your, 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 yourself. You know, I, I tell folks in today's world, you know, training camps, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to disparage it, but it's like a little bit of a, uh, you know, I'm not going to say country club, but I am going to say country club because, you know, back in the day, I mean, my rookie year, we did five weeks of two a days. And I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it taught me a lot of things about people in, in general and myself, you know, your, your mind will give up before your body does, you know, cause it, at that type of pace, you know, sometimes we go three practices a day, but I mean, mm -hmm. you, you just feel like, Hey, I cannot do another and we're hitting twice a day. You know, we're hitting like padding up twice a day. And it's like, I cannot go another day. You wake up the next day, you're tired, you're sore, but yet you get on the field and, and you do it again. And we did that for five weeks. Then went and then moved it down to four weeks and, most of my career was was four weeks of solid training camp and today it's you know two weeks 10 days something like that can't hit you know which is wonderful believe me it's, it's a good thing uh you can't hit you know twice a day it's every other day or something like that so so those are good things from a safety and, and a player personnel standpoint but um but it was it, it was interesting to to learn a lot about uh, about 
like I say, other people, yourself, et cetera. Yeah, and they say tight ends are one of the most athletic, you know, players sometimes in the locker room. When you look at Kyle Rudolph uh, being able to play basketball, you look at Irv Smith Jr. said he's one of the best hoopers. Uh, Brevin uh, span forward with the Gophers, same thing, 6'8", but former hooper. Uh, did you ever lace him up on the court? Yeah, you know, I, I, I played a little bit of basketball, you know, and, and you're right. I think uh, the tight ends typically are the most athletic, um, you know, position on the field. We're also probably arguably the smartest because um, other than, say, a quarterback, <laughs> because, you know, we have to know we have to know everybody's spot. Right. You know, so and in today's world, which which I used to do back when I was playing, I was probably one of the, you know, the, the tight ends that was being flexed out. You know, and I would play the X on occasion. You know, when we had four wide receivers, I was in that package. So I would play slot or I would play at the X uh, out at the wide. And so you had to know all the systems. And um, and you had to know not only the pass game, but you had to know the blocking schemes as well mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a blocker. Uh, we have to know the defenses because, you know, you have to be able to read that on the run and all that. Uh, so short of a quarterback, you know, we're knowing we know more positions than anybody on the field typically. So that's why I say that. And, and again, very athletic because you got you're expected to, to well, back then, at least <laughs> to block like an offensive lineman in today's world of specialization. Tight ends aren't asked to do as much blocking wise, but. Um, and, and certainly you have to, you know, uh, catch and run like a receiver. So, so that's why I agree. We're pretty athletic for me. I mean, I was pretty good basketball player. Uh, you know, I probably could have played it. I know I could have played at Brown, uh, in college, but, uh, but I was between my engineering program and football, that was enough, you know, I couldn't take it. And, I, but I played intramural and, and, you know, I had a pretty good game actually, you know, could, you know, like I say, get after it and, uh, get on the court, you know, and, and, uh, hold my own. <laughs> So if you and your son, so Cam Jordan is your son, uh, Saints defensive end, uh, one of the best players in the NFL, uh, looks athletic, but a lot of times defensive linemen go either way. Like Julius Peppers, defensive lineman, could hoop his butt off. Karan Riley, defensive lineman, could hoop. Uh, but then there's some defensive linemen, they're like, dude, put the ball down. If you and your son uh, were to get out on the court, who, who has the better basketball game? Well, I'm going to say <laughs> – you know, I think all around, I probably have better handle, but um, but he's gonna he's gonna win on a one on one. You know, at at two ninety, you know, he can back me down <laughs> in the paint. <laughs> and, and a brother, you know, I lost weight. You know, I dropped weight after I got done. You know, when I was playing, I was about two fifty at the end, and you know, I dropped down to two twenty just so I could have better outcomes for health and things like that later in life, and yeah. and and be able to run and do the things that I want to do, which which I'm I'm fortunate to have achieved that. But uh, but yeah, he he's gonna back me down in the pain and and uh, and dominate a little bit. But uh, but he's 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 pretty he's really athletic actually, you know. And okay. even um, in high school, while you know he didn't he didn't play a lot of basketball, but he was a track guy. And um, okay. you know, so from a speed standpoint, I mean, he actually ran an open quarter at two sixty five, you know, and ran a sub, oh, you know, wow. like a fifty six quarter, you know, kind of thing, which was pretty impressive but at the same he also did the shot in the discus and he was a state champion in the discus so you know body wise you know movement wise i mean that's always been kind of one of his strengths is his athleticism he can drop like a linebacker in coverage and he can do other things so um so pretty athletic in that regard but uh but he's he's got he's got decent game you know he can he can shoot a three and uh you know and and he uh, he likes to get after it a little bit you know and like i say he'll 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 try to dominate in the paint a little bit you know but but when you got you know six four and two ninety, you can do that type of thing. 
So he'll take you in the three point contest, or do you still have him there? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to get into it a little bit, you know, but, but yeah, I, I, I think I could, I could certainly compete with him for sure, you know, for sure, in a three point, for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, coming up next, we got the daily three. Steve George is going to stick around. That's three questions, three minutes each. It's going to go ahead and bring Sam Ekstrom into the show, my producer. He's going to throw three questions at us, Steve. That's as we have, uh, I have a minute and 30 to answer. Then you have a minute and 30. There'll be a clock on the screen. And uh, we're going to get this going. Take it away, Sam. Steve Jordan's take on Irv Smith Jr. Now, he's out for a month after having thumb surgery. But we'll, we'll let Ron start. Steve, you can formulate your thoughts. Uh, what do you think Irv is going to do this season? We'll start with Ron. Uh, well, first, you know, yeah, he's got to get back on the field and get healthy. Uh, when you miss time like that for a tight end, as Steve brought up, it's tough because you have to know everything and I was about his size. I played for the Bears, and they switched me to tight end. I ended up getting to 250. And I was in that world that Steve's talking about. I, I was supposed to be with the receivers one day, then the tight ends the next, and then the running backs. I was an H-back. So they had me moving all around from receiver to tight end to running or fullback. And there was times where I was floating, where, like, no coach knew which room I was supposed to be in. So I'd end up being in the locker room, like, hanging out with the kickers for a little bit or something. And then I'd go, go meet with the receivers. Um, but, yeah, for Irv Smith, he's got to, you know, he's got to stay in that playbook because when you look at the offense and all the things we keep hearing about this offense with Kevin O'Connell and how guys move around and how, how they, you know, guys are expected to know multiple positions and you can create a route within a route. So, you know, like, for instance, for the fans, if you have a choice route, if the, if the linebacker's playing you inside, you can break it out. The linebacker's sitting back in the zone, you can hook it up. And if it's man-to-man, -man, you can take it over the top if you don't have another route over the top. So for Irv, there's a lot of possibility. But when you miss time on the field and that timing, it's tough for the quarterback to understand in those choice routes and the things you're going to do, what your timing is going to look like. But Irv could be really good, but he's he's got to get it going. He's got to get back on the field. Steve, what Steve, do you think? You... Yeah, and, and for me, I I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and, and let me first say that, you know, I actually know Irv and his, and his dad, you know, great, great guys, good family structure. Uh, you know, they, they just, he's just, he's just a solid, solid young man. You know, I, I, I want to say kid cause everybody's a kid to me now, but <laughs> you know, but just really, really a, a good dude, you know, just solid. Um, but you, you know, when you look at, you know, from a pedigree standpoint and the fact that, I mean, you know, again, big time college scene, you know, I mean, he's, he's played at some pretty high levels. And, uh, and so injuries, again, you know, being out for the better part of a year, coming back, you know, you have some progress and then you have some, some plateaus. But I, I don't know that there's many people that are more hungry than he is, you know, to come back. So, and I get the sense that, that he's, he's certainly willing to do, you know, everything that he can to get back and get ready. You know, I, I had a chance to uh, spend some time with him uh, about a month ago. We took some kids to D.C. in uh, Project Success, and he was a part of that, uh, taking kids to uh, D.C. to visit Howard and the, and the African-American History Museum. And I got a chance to talk to him a bit. And, and like I said, he is hungry to come back. So and, and with the talent level that he has, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he could get back and be very, very effective this year, both in the pass game and the uh, and the run game as well. So but 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 you're right. He has to get on the field. And, and develop that rapport and, and get his head in that playbook. All right, moving along. Tomorrow, a lot of people are very excited about the Detroit Lions being featured on Hard Knocks on HBO. Ron, I want to hear, uh, number one, if you're excited to watch Hard Knocks, and just in general, your feeling about the Detroit Lions heading into the season. 
I don't know if I've ever been excited about it just because the way the Ravens, when I went to the Ravens, they had just come off a of hard knocks and the way Brian Billick explained it, um, we all just kind of were like, man, I, this, this doesn't seem fun. And so from that, and maybe that's like one of those things where your parents tell you not to go outside uh, too much because you'll let the air conditioner out. It's just, it was, it was thrown into me. So I just never really fell in love with it because I feel like it takes away from the players really being you know, who they are sometimes because they're trying to, like, act it up for the camera. They're trying to, you know, do the stuff for the camera. Uh, but from a Lions season standpoint, uh, so one, no, I'm not really excited to see it. But I'm from Detroit, so it'd be cool to see some of this Detroit stuff they throw in there. Uh, but from a season standpoint, looking at their schedule, coming off a 3-13 and season, um, they have to get better. You know, they have to. There's there's no way around it. Uh, when you look at their season or 3-14, and whatever they were, when you look at their season, though, you got the, the, uh, the, the Vikings, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Washington Commanders, you got the Seahawks, the New England Patriots, and they have a bye. In that first five, one, two, three, four, five, if they lose to the Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Seahawks, and uh, Patriots, just just go ahead and try to get that first-round pick again. Because from there, it gets hard. You got the Cowboys, and you got the Dolphins, Packers, and then maybe they can beat the Bears and the Giants. Uh, but it's going to be all about that start. Like, how does Dan Campbell get these guys started? They have played hard for him. Um, so that's where I take it. Their first five is going to be the question for this season for them. Steve? Yeah, no, that's 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 absolutely valid. There's another part of me that says, hey, it's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I hate to say <laughs> it like that, but it just is, right? Now, Dan Campbell, I, he, he, is, he has stepped up, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm impressed with his ability to – uh, as a head coach, you know, and, and I saw him uh, at the Saints. He was at the Saints before he came to Detroit and, and a good coach for sure. He also was a tight end back in the day. So, uh, again, that, that that smartness that comes through. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, you know, what he what he does have is, is this genuineness about him that gets his players to play for them. And and so they are they, he, he that team, even though they'd lost a lot of games last year, were, they were in the hunt. They scared some people. And so. Uh, I would I would submit to you that that they might end up, frankly, surprising some people this year, just because if you get in a situation where, you know, you can take it down to that fourth quarter, and now it's, a, it's, it's you know now it's maybe a 50-50, you know situation. If you can learn, and and also teams like those, they have to learn how to win, and that's the other piece too. They haven't learned that piece, and but this might be their year. So. I, I tend to agree. I, I think they have a higher probability that they're not going to be as successful, but I think there's also this chance that they might sneak up on people and they're going to play hard. They, they, they did that the whole year. That's it. All right. I'm going to go off script a little bit with this final question because I got to ask Steve Jordan. Steve, I want to give you as much time as you need to answer this one. Your son has had to play your former team twice in the playoffs in the last five years. What does that do to your emotions when you've got, on one hand, your son, your flesh and blood, and then your, your franchise of 13 years meeting in the playoffs? What has that been like for you? Uh, take all the time you need. I just, I really want to hear this answer. Right, right. Well, you know, it, it's, it, it, it does have um, some emotional trauma <laughs> associated with it, uh, just in terms of, you know, I mean, you know, you want both teams to, you know, to do well. And, and, and overall, I always, I always want my son to do well. Uh, and he's, he's had a good, uh, a good run in that, in that regard. But um, as I also tell people, you know, when they say, who are you, who are you rooting for? Everybody. <laughs> you know, I want everybody to get in, get it in. Um, and I'm also, like I also say, 
I'm the I'm the luckiest guy on the, in the in the stadium because I can't lose, right? So if if the Saints win and my son wins, hey, they get to go on. That's that's a win. If if the Vikings win and they move on, that's a win. So uh, so I'm I'm pretty lucky in that regard. But but clearly, you know, it's an emotional uh, piece for me because mm-hmm. you know we all uh, you know watch the Vikings and, and my kids. You have to the other piece that's probably low key is that my kids are, are Viking fans, you know, because they, you know, they remember the guys and the team and all that. Uh, my oldest son, Joffrey, is probably the biggest Viking fan in the house. But truth be told, and, and I know Cam may, you know, I'll, I'll let him do what he do, what he do in terms of, of, of responding. But uh, but Loki, he's a Viking fan. You know, I mean, he, he loves the guys that he grew up watching, you know, and, and he and Johnny, I, I love the fact he and Johnny Randall even have a relationship, you know, and, and that type of thing. So, yeah, it, it's 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 always interesting when the uh, Vikes and the Saints um, uh, lock it up, and, uh, and and they'll lock it up again, obviously in London. You know, we'll all be there, and we'll all uh, see what what that uh, what that yields. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna go off script there myself because uh, I mean, the one thing I can look at this Saints roster is pretty loaded now. When you look at Jarvis Landry, you had Honey Badger, uh, you had all these pieces. You got Michael Thomas back. Uh, the only question mark is really is how is Jameis Winston gonna play. Um, but when you look at that London trip, and, and you, you alluded to that, so you're going down to London. Uh, I know the Vikings organization is probably going to ask you to do some stuff, maybe. Um, but what what are you looking forward to with? Because is the whole family going, or you know, what are you looking forward to with the London Vikings trip? Yeah, you know, actually, uh, truth be told, I'm gonna I'm looking forward to uh, a little time with the family, but not not the whole family, frankly. Uh, but um, Cam's wife, uh, Nikki, is going. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and my grandson is going and, uh, you know, Tank just turned seven. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a football fan as well. And, uh, and I look forward to taking him, uh, you know, and, and, and spending time with them in London, uh, showing him around a little bit. Um, not that I'm a big London expert or anything, but I just, you know, I've been there and, and hung out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then also to see uh, the two teams, you know, battle it up in there. I, I tell people, you know, I was actually played in the first World Bowl back in 1983 when the Vikings then played the then St. Louis Cardinals back in oh, 1983. Yeah. It was a preseason game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we played in Wembley Stadium and, and that was pretty special. So, and then, and then obviously the, you know, um, you know, for the Vikings to go back and play the Saints, you know, now this is in Tottingham or something like that, which is, I think is a different stadium, but, um, but, but it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. And, and, and then again, with the season, cause it's, what October second or something like that. So you're, you know, you're starting to get into that mid, you know, season time frame, and you know things are not quite shaping up. But you know, you got to, you got to, you got to win games, and so it'll be an important for both, uh, important game for both, both teams. Yeah, I mean, and and for me, I'm not looking forward to the 7 a.m. pre pregame kickoff. Like we thought we were going to get the day off because last time we did, and now they're like, nope, Fox wants everybody up and awake. And we got to kick it over to Michael uh, Strahan and those guys. I'm like, uh, come on, 7 a.m. But, no, it should be a fun one for you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely make sure on the pregame show I'm going to make a mention of that uh, just to watch, like, Cam uh, maybe interacting with you. If they can catch you somewhere, you know, with a purple and a gold uh, jersey on. <laughs> uh, if you have, like, a half and half or something like your jersey and Cam's Jordan, uh, Cam's jersey cut in half. I don't know if your wife or your, your kids or anybody suggested you do that. Um, but we've seen that before with, uh, with moms like Tiki Barber and, uh, Rondé Barber. I remember their mom had that. They had, she had the half and right. half New York, Tampa Bay Jersey. So maybe that might have to add that to your, uh, to your, to your repertoire, uh, or just get some made and sign them. 
and get them framed and you and now you and you and your son now have something to put out there for the fans they might want to buy a steve jordan cam jersey so hey i don't need any money from it just make sure you give me the credit when you guys start selling those jerseys uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but but that'll do it right. for the Ron Johnson show today. I want to thank Steve Jordan for joining me. That's Sam Extra, my producer. Uh, we want to thank everybody that continues to download, subscribe, listen, and watch on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you and have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.